Chapter 20, verses 17 through 23 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Sleepwalks recording is in the public domain. Verses 17 through 19. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge, and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Chrysostom. The Lord, leaving Galilee, did not go up straightway to Jerusalem, but first wrought miracles, refuted the Pharisees, and taught the disciples concerning perfection of life and its reward. Now when about to go up to Jerusalem, he again speaks to them of his passion. Origin. Judas was yet among the twelve, for he was perhaps still worthy to hear in private, along with the rest, the things which his master should suffer. Pseudo Chrysostom. For the salvation of men entirely rests upon Christ's death, nor is there anything for which we are more bound to render thanks to God than for his death. He imparted the mystery of his death to his disciples for this reason, namely, because the more precious treasure is ever committed to the more worthy vessels. Had the rest heard of the passion of Christ, the men might have been troubled because of the weakness of their faith, and the women because of the tenderness of their nature, which such matters do commonly move to tears. Chrysostom, he had indeed told it, and to many, but obscurely, as in that, destroy this temple, and again, there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas the prophet. But now he imparted it clearly to his disciples. Pseudo Chrysostom, that word behold is a word of stress, to bid them lay up in their hearts the memory of this present. He says, we go up, as much as to say, ye see that I go of my free will to death. When then ye shall see me hang upon the cross, deem not that I am no more than man, for though to be able to die is human, yet to be willing to die is more than human. Origin. Meditating then of this, we ought to know that often even when there is certain trial to be undergone, we ought to offer ourselves to it. But forasmuch as it was said above, when they persecute you in one city, flee ye to another. It belongs to the wise in Christ to judge when the season requires that he shun, and when he go to meet dangers. Jerome, he had often told his disciples of his passion, but because it might have slipped out of the recollection by reason of the many things they had heard in the meanwhile, now when he is going to Jerusalem and going to take his disciples with him, he fortifies them against the trial, that they should not be scandalized when the persecution and shame of the cross should come. Pseudo Chrysostom. For when sorrow comes at a time we are looking for it, it is found lighter than it would have been, had it taken us by surprise. Chrysostom. He forewarns them also, in order that they should learn that he comes to his passion wittingly and willingly and the first he had foretold only his death, but now they are more disciplined. He brings forth yet more, as they shall deliver him to the Gentiles. Rabanus, For Judas delivered the Lord to the Jews, and they delivered him to the Gentiles, that is, to Pilate and the Roman power. To this end the Lord refused to be prosperous in this world, but rather chose to suffer affliction, that he might show us, who have yielded to delights, through how great bitterness we must needs return, whence it follows to mock and discourage and to crucify. 
Augustine, in his passion, we see what he ought to suffer for the truth, and in his resurrection, what we ought to hope in eternity. Whence it is said, and shall rise again the third day. Chrysostom. This was added, that when they should see the suffering, they should look for the resurrection. Augustine. For one death, that, namely of the Savior, according to the body, was to us a salvation from two deaths, both of the soul and body, and his one resurrection gained for us two resurrections. This ratio of two to one springs out of the number three, for one and two are three. Origin. There is no mention that the disciples either said or did anything upon hearing of these sufferings that should come upon Christ. Remembering what the Lord had said to Peter, they were afraid they should have had the like or worse addressed to them. And yet there be scribes who suppose that they know the divine writings, who condemn Jesus to death, scourge him with their tongues, and crucify him herein, that they seek to take away his doctrine. But he, vanishing for a season, again rises to appear to those who received his word that it could be so. Verses 20-23 then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Jerome. The Lord having concluded by saying, And shall rise again the third day, the woman thought that after his resurrection he should forthwith reign, and with womanish eagerness grasps at what is present, forgetting of the future. Pseudo-Chrysostom. This mother of the sons of Zebedee is Salome, as her name is given by another evangelist, herself truly peaceful, and the mother of sons of peace. From this place we learn the eminent merit of this woman. Not only had her sons left their father, but she had left her husband and had followed Christ. For he could live without her, but she could not be saved without Christ. Except any will say that between the time of the apostles' calling and the suffering of Christ, Zebedee was dead, and that thus her sex helpless, her age advanced, she was following Christ's steps, for faith never grows old, and religion feels never weary. Her maternal affection made her bold to ask, whence it is said, she worshipped him and desired a certain thing of him, i.e., she did him reverence, requesting that what she should ask should be granted her. It follows, he said unto her, What wouldest thou? She asks not because he knows not, but that by its very statement the unreasonableness of her petition might be shown. She saith unto him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit. Augustine. What Matthew has here represented as being said by the mother, Mark relates that the two sons of Zebedee spake themselves. When she had presented their wish before the Lord, so that from Mark's brief notice, it should rather seem that they and not she had said that which was said. Chrysostom. They saw the disciples honored before others, and had heard that ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, whereupon they sought to have the primacy of that seat. 
and that others were in greater honor with Christ they knew, and they feared that Peter was preferred before them. Wherefore, as it is mentioned by another evangelist, because they were now near to Jerusalem, they thought that the kingdom of God was at the door, that is, was something to be perceived by sense, whence it is clear that they sought nothing spiritual and had no conception of a kingdom above. Origin. For if in an earthly kingdom they are thought to be an honor who sits with the king, no wonder if a woman with a womanish simplicity or want of experience conceived that she might ask such things, and that the brethren themselves, being not perfect, and having no more lofty thoughts concerning Christ's kingdom, conceive such things concerning those who shall sit with Jesus. Pseudo Chrysostom. Or otherwise, we affirm not that this woman's request was a lawful one, but this we affirm, that it was not earthly things, but heavenly things, that she asked for her sons. For she felt not as ordinary mothers, whose affection is to the bodies of their children, why they neglect their minds. They desire that they should prosper in this world, not caring what they shall suffer in the next, thereby showing themselves to be mothers of their bodies only, but not of their souls. And I imagine that these brethren, having heard the Lord prophesying of his passion and resurrection, began to say among themselves, seeing they believed, behold, the kingdom of heaven is going down to the realms of Tartarus, that he may destroy the king of death. But when the victory shall be completed, what remains but that the glory of the kingdom shall follow? Origin, for when sin is destroyed, which reigned in men's mortal bodies, with the entire dynasty of malignant powers, Christ shall receive exaltation of his kingdom among men, that is, his sitting on the throne of his glory. That God disposes all things, both on his right hand and on his left, this is that there shall be then no more evil in his presence. They that are the more excellent among such as draw near to Christ are they on his right hand, are they on his left hand, or by Christ's right hand, look if you may understand the invisible creation, by his left hand the visible and bodily. For of those who are brought nigh to Christ, some obtain a place on his right hand as the intelligent, some on his left hand as the sentient creation. Pseudo-Chrysostom. He that gave himself to man, how shall he not give them the fellowship of his kingdom? The suppliness of the petitioner is in fault, where the graciousness of the giver is undoubted. But if we ourselves ask our master, perchance we wound the hearts of the rest of our brethren, who, though they can no longer be overcome by the flesh, seeing they are now spiritual, may yet be wounded as carnal. Let us therefore put forward our mother, that she may make her petition for us in her own person. For though she be to be blamed therein, yet she will readily obtain forgiveness, her sex pleading for her. For the Lord himself, who has filled the souls of mothers with affection to their offspring, will more readily listen to their desires. Then the Lord, who knows secrets, makes answer not to the words of the mother's petition, but to the design of the sons who suggested it. Their wish was commendable, but their reason inconsiderate. Therefore, though it was not right that it should be granted to them, yet the simplicity of their petition did not deserve a harsh rebuke, for as much as it proceeded of love of the Lord. Wherefore, it is their ignorance that the Lord finds fault with. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask, Jerome, and no wonder if she is convicted of inexperience, seeing it is said of Peter, not knowing what he said. 
Pseudo-Chrysostom, where oftentimes the Lord suffers his disciples either to do or to think somewhat amiss, that from their error he may take occasion to set forth a rule of piety, knowing that their fault harms not when the Master is present, while his doctrine edifies them not for the present only, but for the future. Chrysostom. This he says to show either that they sought nothing spiritual, or that had they known for what they asked, they would not have asked that which was so far beyond their faculties. Hilary. They know not what they ask, because there was no doubt of the future glory of the apostles. His former discourse had assured them that they should judge the world. Sir Chrysostom or ye know not what ye ask, as much as to say, I have called you to my right hand away from my left, and now you willfully desire to be on my left. Hence perhaps they did this through the mother, for the devil betook him to his well-known tool, the woman, that as he made prey of Adam by his wife, so he should sever these by their mother. But now that the salvation of all had proceeded from a woman, destruction could no longer enter in among the saints by a woman. Or he says, Ye know not what ye ask, seeing we ought not only to consider the glory to which we may attain, but how we may escape the ruin of sin. For so in secular war he who is ever thinking of the plunder hardly wins the fight. They should have asked, Give us the aid of thy grace, that we may overcome all evil. Rabanus they knew not what they asked, for they were asking of the Lord a seat in glory, which they had not yet merited. The honorable eminence liked them well, but they had first to practice the laborious path thereto. Can ye drink of the cup that I shall drink of? Jerome. By the cup in the divine scriptures we understand suffering, as in the psalm, I will take the cup of salvation, and straightway he proceeds to show what is the cup. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Pseudo Chrysostom. The Lord knew that they were able to follow his passion, but he puts the question to them that we may all hear, that no man can reign with Christ unless he is conformed to Christ in his passion. For that which is precious is only to be purchased at a costly price. The Lord's passion we may call not only the persecution of the Gentiles, but all the hardships we go through in struggling against our sins. Chrysostom. He says, therefore, can ye drink it, as much as to say, you ask me of honors and crowns, but I speak to you of labor and travail, for this is no time for rewards. He draws their attention by the manner of his question, for he says not, are ye able to shed your blood, but are ye able to drink of the cup? Then he adds, which I shall drink of. Rigmigius, that by such partaking they may burn with the more zeal towards him, but they, already sharing the readiness and constancy of martyrdom, promise that they would drink of it. Whence it follows, they say unto him, We are able. Pseudochrysostom, or they say this not so much out of reliance on their own fortitude as out of ignorance, for to the inexperienced the trial of suffering and death appears slight. Chrysostom, or they offer this in the eagerness of their desire, expecting that for their, thus speaking, they should have what they desired. But he foretells great blessings for them, to wit, that they should be made worthy of martyrdom. He saith unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of my cup. Origen. Christ does not say, 
ye are able to drink of my cup but looking to their future perfection he said ye shall indeed drink of my cup jerome it is made a question how the sons of zebedee james and john did drink the cup of martyrdom seeing the scripture relates that james only was beheaded by herod while john ended his life by a peaceful death but when we read in ecclesiastical history that john himself was thrown into a cauldron of boiling oil with intent to martyr him and that he was banished to the isle of patmos we shall see that he lacked not the will for martyrdom and that john had drunk the cup of confession the which also the children in the fiery furnace did drink of albeit the persecutor did not shed their blood hilary the lord therefore commends their faith in that he says that they are able to suffer the martyrdom together with him but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give but for whom it is prepared of my father for indeed as far as we can judge that honor is so set apart for others as that the apostles shall not be strangers to it who shall sit on the throne of the twelve patriarchs to judge israel also as may be collected out of the gospels themselves moses and elias shall sit with them in the kingdom of heaven seeing that it was in their company that he appeared on the mount in his apparel of splendor jerome but to me this seems not so rather the names of them that shall sit in the kingdom of heaven are not named lest that if some few were named the rest should think themselves shut out for the kingdom of heaven is not of him that gives it but of him that receives it not that there is respect of persons with god but whosoever shall show himself such as to be worthy of the kingdom of heaven shall receive it for it is prepared not for condition but for conduct therefore if you shall be found to be such as to be fit for that kingdom of heaven which my father has made ready for the conquerors ye shall receive the same he said not ye shall not sit there that he might not discourage the two brethren while he said not ye shall sit there that he might not stir the others to envy chrysostom or otherwise that seat seems to be unapproachable to all not only men but angels also for so paul assigns it particularly to the only begotten saying to which of the angels said he at any time sit thou on my right hand the lord therefore makes answer not as though in verity there were any that should sit there but as condescending to the apprehensions of the petitioners they asked him but this one grant to be before others near him but the lord answers ye shall die for my sake yet is not that sufficient to make you obtain the first rank for if there shall come another with martyrdom and having virtue greater than yours i will not because i love you put him out and give you precedence but that they should not suppose that he lacked power he said not absolutely it is not mine to give but it is not mine to give you but to those for whom it is prepared that is to those who are made illustrious by their deeds rigmigius or otherwise it is not mine to give you that is to proud men such as you are but to the lowly in heart for whom it is prepared of my father augustine or otherwise the lord makes answer to his disciples in his character of servant though whatever is prepared by the father is also prepared by the son for he and the father are one 
End of chapter 20, verses 17 through 23.